so these children grow up as angry adults, adults with this this rage because they didn't they never got to express themselves. No one fully explained why this happened to them. I'm Dr. Lisa Fitzpatrick, founder of Grapevine Health and your host of the Grapevine Health Podcast, a podcast highlighting stories, health insights, and experiences of community members. We started this podcast because too often discussions and decision-making about health and the healthcare system don't include perspectives from the people we serve. So listeners, if you have a personal story or an experience from working in the community or on the front lines of healthcare, contact us and we might have you on the show. Today, I'm talking to Stephanie Fu, who gives us her perspective on why young people often don't engage in healthcare and prevention. So, introduce yourself and tell people what you do in the community. All right, so my name is Stephanie Fu. Um, and within the community, I try to mentor the youth, take on one uh, child at a time and mentor them to success, not just, um, you know, one weekend type of situation, like literally become a big sister to either um, uh, adolescent male or female and try to keep them on the right path. Uh, outside of that, I try to assist with adult learning. So I work for a nonprofit and we have these certifications that we we try to bridge the equity gap by helping people gain careers, um, job placement, those type of things. Also, I promote and advocate for mental health awareness. Like there's no shame in getting therapy, finding out what your triggers are so that you can better manage your emotions throughout the day. Because sometimes we have these childhood trauma or these triggers that we don't know how to regulate. And it's because we have this stigma around going to therapy. We think we can uh, vet ourselves through everything, but sometimes we need a little bit more professional guidance. Mm -hmm. And how did you get into this work? I mean, it sounds like you're doing a lot of different things, but I'm particularly interested in your work with the youth and with mental health. How did you get into this? Um, so uh, I lost my biological mother when I was eight. And then I lost my dad when I was 12, both to um, AIDS because they, they struggled with a uh, drug addiction. This is back in the, uh, the mid nineties um, sh- shooting up heroin. They both contracted AIDS and my family kind of just swept it under the rug. People didn't know how to deal with it. We, it was me my two sisters and my brother, and no one addressed um, the loss that we had. People just tried to buy us toys and keep us busy. And so all of us kind of grew up with this void of, you know, not having our biological parents and then never being able to address it. And I feel like there's a lot of people who experience this. They may not have lost a loved one, but a dad may have gone to jail. Uh, A grandmother that was a caregiver uh, may have a strange relationship with a daughter. And no one wants to address these type of difficult talks with children. And so these children grow up as angry adults, adults with this, this rage because they didn't, they never got to express themselves. No one fully explained why this happened to them. How do you think this manifests in their health? I think you grow up believing that when bad things happen, suppress them. Because if, if that's all you've ever seen or when bad things happen, lash out. Um, I've, I've witnessed the, I used to work at a public charter in Southeast and I witnessed a lot of kids get upset. Um, I'm talking about six and seven year old kids, not not two and three, and throw things and and scratch it, scratch at their faces. And I'm like, because no one is teaching them that it's okay to be upset. 
and how and in the appropriate way to address your anger. I'm upset. I need to I need to take a walk. I'm mad right now. But in our households, we see, we see yelling, we see throwing things, we see people getting kicked out, and we think this is the correct way to address anytime we're upset, lash out, be upset, or suppress. So do you think, well, first let me just ask, what do you think is the solution, particularly with respect to healthcare services or mental health services? Um, what needs to be done to provide the resources for the people you serve? The, the truth is we have leadership has to acknowledge that Mental, the mental health crisis, because it is a crisis, especially in, in urban, poor urban areas, the, the funding has to be there. They don't, because there's no, they think there's no return on it. Oh, we got to dump money into this, or we're not going to get anything out of it. But you do. You get a healthy, happier community. You get, you get more voters, right? Because you're dealing with a, a healthier group of people now. But it's, I, and I hate to say it, there's, there's money in not addressing the mental health issues and allowing these people to go out to continue to be angry to continue to feel these voids or, or forgotten and then you have all of these murders all of these shootings all, all of these missing people like it just it, it creates this this super unhealthy toxic environment that we all have to live in but there's money in allowing that type of crisis to go on because you can you can make money off of prisoners they feel like they can't make money off of healing people but you can well, tell me about that. How can you make money on healing people? Uh, help think about it. The, the the thousands of forgotten War Eight, War Seven uh, people who have these mental health, and, and, and when I say mental health issues, I'm not talking about intellectual disabilities. I'm not talking about mental retardation. I'm talking about, about some of them may have experienced just high anxiety and they don't know how mm -hmm. to manage it. You, you mm -hmm. have, when you when these people become healthier, they have a better support system. These people can go on to higher education. These people can go on to more to technical fields, right? Because they're more focused. They don't have the the burden of just I'm frustrated every day. I leave my house. I'm frustrated. I have no help. I have no support, right? They're leaving their houses with more positive attitudes, better energy. They're able to to focus and, and manage what it is they want to do with their lives. But if your life is always in in, in chaos, you you don't think about things like you know what, let me get my credit together. Let me get into a first-time home buyer program so that I can uh, obtain some of this, this equity in my neighborhood. You're thinking about your day-to-day -day things like, I hope no one says anything to me today so I don't have to curse their ass out. That's that's a real-life <laughs> experience of people that live in our ward. That's mm. what they're thinking about. They're just trying to get through that. I want to get from right here to the corner store without somebody saying something to me that pisses me off. So you mentioned the, um, you don't think the resources are there for people. I recently interviewed someone from the community who felt like the resources are there. Oh, it's just that people oh, won't take advantage of them. What is your opinion and, and about agree. that? I agree with them 100%. War aid is over-resourced, but mismanaged resources, right? The resources are there, but the, 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 the places where these resources are hubbed are not directly going out into the community and making sure these people, and I, I, it sounds crazy to have to force grown people, but that's where we are now because you got a group of people who do not trust the system. So yeah, you got to knock on some doors. Hey, I want you guys to come out. I got a couple gift cards. If y'all could just come out. Um, we got a mental health professional that's going to speak to you guys and just name a couple of um, things that you may be feeling. If you fall under any of these categories, we want you to take their number and, and just do a couple sessions, maybe 30 minutes here or there, right? You, that's that's just what we're dealing with. We may have to sweeten the pot a little bit to get people to understand that they need this help, right? We're sending out emails. Um, we're sending out Zoom links, but we got people that stand on the corner all day who not checking their emails, who not checking for Zoom links, 
And we just can't forget mm-hmm. about them, though. They still need our help. And do you think they'll take advantage of that if you offer it to them? Because that sounds, you know, there's a lot of stigma around mental health. Well, how do we address that? Be, and, and that's where we go back to accept the resources. And that's where we go back to leadership. Leadership got to start pulling some of these social media influencers and some of these um, well-known community icons, right? The, 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 the go-go band leaders to say, hey, listen, I took, I took a session help me and help me understand myself better let's go out and do it the same way we advocate for people to come out for go go this and free food here and free bikes there listen like y'all let's come out it don't hurt to just get give it a listen right if you feel like this not for you at least you can say you try it but we we just gotta it's like i know it's like pulling teeth but we gotta get some of these influencers to say hey listen y'all we need this why why are we doing drive-bys every other weekend why every two days a child is mistakenly shot like let's let's talk about it what's going on we can't keep thinking oh if you get a youth something to do they'll stop they don't need something to do some of them need somebody to talk to how, how should we approach them then i mean it's a, we, it's a good it's a good suggestion and and when i'm out in the community i see a lot of the folks you're talking about standing around but you know if they don't know you or what should be the approach to but you gotta reach you gotta them? Be, you got to build a rapport the same way when we want the attention of philanthropists and, and lobbyists, we dress up in our best attire, put our best voices on and use all our SAT words. We got to go out there and meet these people where they are. <laughs> right. We got to meet them where they are. We're not going to come out there and talk to them like like we're at a, a Democratic convention. You got to talk to them in their language. Some of them look mm-hmm. like they don't they, this their leisure time. They don't want to hear you come to them speaking like you reading off a prompt. You just got to come straight up to them and tell them your story. Tell them how it helped you. Okay. So you say leadership needs to be more engaged. I'm assuming you're talking about government leadership, but I want to talk to you about healthcare leadership. So if you had an opportunity to talk to healthcare leaders, whether they were in charge of making policy or whether they were running hospitals, what advice would you give them? When it comes to, to healthcare professionals, I would say, Speak to the members of our community like you would your own family, right? And and understand that there's been a systemically there's a history of black people not getting the best healthcare treatment, right? And they got to come in with that with that at the forefront. Like these we these people don't trust you. So when you first come into the community to speak to these people, you got to first gain their trust. And that and sometimes that just means starting off by listen, I get it. You guys don't trust medicine that's just what it is you guys don't trust medicine but i'm i'm here to be as transparent as possible tell me all of the the vices that make it so you don't want to um address mental health that make it so you don't want to get if it's the vaccine so that we can educate you with facts and if you still decide this is not for you because you believe there's some propaganda or hidden agenda behind it that that's your that's your right but Let's 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 educate that. Let's educate the people because sometimes you get on social media and there's a it's, there's all of this misinformation and people run with it based on who shared it. Yeah, and you said people don't trust medicine. Why not? Um, I, I I'm one of those people that don't trust medicine. Like I have a one year old son and we did not vaccinate him. Um, I just I just don't believe. I, I mean, I look at hundreds of years ago when all of these vaccines were not readily available and people were still living into their late 90s eating no no that's not true that's not true no people were not the life expectancy increased after vaccination so tell me what tell me the other reason you don't believe in medicine it's not that 
I just, I believe that. So if, if, even if, okay, so if that's, if those are the facts, I believe that the immune system is made to, to, to protect your body naturally. Mm-hmm. Why, why mm-hmm. do we need assistance in that? The body is a machine that's made to, to self, it's self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. So why, why, would, why do I need an uh, additional um, chemicals and, and lab creations put into my body to help me live? So, you know, a lot of the health conditions that plague uh, the Black community in particular are preventable. Heart disease, diabetes, even kidney right. disease. And, and that's assuming Most- that these people uh, follow generational bad habits, right? The fried, greasy foods, the high-carb diets, the no exercise, no vitamins, right? They don't drink water, right? We're notorious for sodas, huggies, chips, high fructose, this. So if you live a healthy life, I, I just don't see the need to also have this backup plan of chemicals in your body to help you fight off, to be preventative, right? There's a lot of natural remedies that you can use to, to just, just taking care of yourself. But how do people know about these things? You mentioned the word equity many uh, a few times in this conversation. And the people you're serving, do you feel they have everything they need in order to be healthy in the way you're talking about? They they have the resources. I don't know if they have the motivation to take advantage of the resources, right? If my primary goal is to look like I'm living well, buying designer, buying um, horribly high interest rate foreign cars, right, while still living in a high crime area with my children, then I'm not worried about buying a house, right? Because I think I'm, I'm already living the American dream. I'm in Miami every summer. I have all of the latest this and that. What do I need a house for? Right. And so mm-hmm. I feel like they, we, we, we need to be educated on uh, de- financial best practices. You, a lot of people don't know that you could take your housing voucher and use that to assist you in buying a home. No one's telling mm-hmm. them that when they go apply for vouchers, when they wait on these lists for years. No one's saying, hey, once you get this voucher, you know, call it, you know, uh, get with someone, make sure your credit's intact. You can get a home. You can buy a home. You don't have to live in an apartment for 15 years. We need we need more mentors. We need mentors for adults, mentors for children, because what happened is once you're a, a certain age, the mentors go away. Right. Because you're not at that age where you're playing basketball anymore. I don't have to take you to cheerleading practice and dance practice anymore. You're 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 a young adult, but that's when they need you most. And do you see a role for the healthcare system in addressing some of these needs? Yes. Yes. I feel like they can get into schools earlier. The elementary schools, I know sometimes we wait until it's high school age, but you, the elementary school kids are more likely to be way more open with you than a 16-year-old, right? Because a nine-year-old um, doesn't have the same type of, what do you call it? Um, they, they're, they're not worried about, they don't, they don't really, they don't see it for, oh, I don't want to be uh, categorized this way, right? A 16-year-old may be looking at you like, I don't need a therapist. Why do I have to talk to you? There's nothing wrong with you, with me. A nine-year-old is not going to look at it the same way. And so a nine-year-old is telling you things like, yeah, this happened at my house and that happened. And then you can you can just listen to some of the stories that they're telling you. Okay, well, we see, just based on what you're telling us, we may need to set up a therapy session for mom. It sounds like she's going through some issues. Maybe mom may be having a breakdown. Because if twice this week you're saying, you know, you got a spanking, maybe mom's, it may be at her end. So we may, we may need to talk to mom. It's not always about let's send CPS over there. No, mom, maybe mom needs some therapy as well. Yeah. So that's, that's my final question. I mean, you, you see the, these problems 
uh, up close, you're, you're personal with it. What if you if people are listening to this and they're inspired by some of the things you're saying, but they don't really know what to do? What advice would you give people uh, who are struggling with getting any of these services, but particularly any of these services, but particularly the mental health services? I, I would tell I would tell these people it is not it's not cultural. A lot, a lot of the times we think it's just cultural. Black people are naturally angry. Black people are naturally, we're we not rocking like that. that. That's not who we are though, right? That's who, we've, that's who we've had to be, but we don't have to be that way anymore. And the only way to get people to stop looking at us and the decisions we make and being punitive and be more patient with us is that, that we or show judgmental. them- Or judgmental. Or judgmental. Is that we show them that we, that we want help, right? Too, far too long we've been, Prying ourselves on being this resilient race, but there's no, there's no, there's no trophy for that. Resilience implies that we're, we're okay with the continuous oppression, the continuous systemic racism, the continuous crime in our neighborhoods, the continuous wealth divide. We are no longer being resilient. We're being responsive, and we want help. There's, there's, it's super cool to to know exactly who you are and and to and to get the help that you need so that you can help other people in your family, other people, your your friends, right? Because when you know better, you do better and you preach better. All right. Well, let's leave it there, Stephanie. So thank you so much for taking time to talk to me today, and I'll see you out in the community. Yes, ma'am. Thank you for having me, Dr. Lisa. That was Stephanie Fu providing her insights about how we improve prevention and health outcomes for the community, especially young people. Thanks for listening to the Grapevine Health Podcast. Our producer is Nicholas Elias. Please like us on social media. You can find us at Grapevine Health on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram, and on Twitter at Health Grapevine. Until next time, I'm Dr. Lisa, signing off.